Welcome to the podcast. We are continuing to keep on keeping on. We are moving in a positive direction. We got good things coming up. Um, continue to find great guests. This episode here is could be very controversial to some. I don't know. I really like the talk. I thought it was fantastic. There's some different subject matter within this episode that we haven't really touched on too much. Um, this guy is fantastic. I hope you really, really enjoy him. Um, when we connected, as I didn't know where you know how it was going to play out because we just kind of just met. And he was just like, "Let's just record." And I'm like, "Okay." I wasn't really prepared, but it 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 really worked out well. Really, uh, a fun, energetic fella. So, um, yeah. So I hope you I hope you like it. Like I said, this is something a little different in in some ways. Some of the subject matter, anyway. Um, whether you agree or disagree, I just I hope you just you listen. All right, everybody. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. We are back here again, and this one is a uh, this one wasn't as expected, but I I like you know spontaneity. I like just jumping into things, and uh, just met this guy recently, like very recent. And um, he has such a story. He's such a unique story. Really different than any of the guests I've ever had on. And, and I mean, there's, there's some similarities for sure, but, um, well-spoken and just, uh, you know, a guy who's had a really long journey, just, uh, you know, a story I'd love to hear more about. He just told me some and I'm excited to hear the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, buddy, you want to tell us your name, maybe a little bit about yourself? Yeah. My name is Gregory Newsom. I, I travel around the country doing 40,000 miles a year up in North America. I like to be called Uncle Gregory. Um, it does, uh, 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 if I can use the word, piss off the liberals. <laughs> I have a very popular coffee out, if anyone wants to know about it. Uncle Gregory Coffee, in which it's extremely popular. I'm sort of like the guy, uh, to describe myself, I'm like, a Palestinian trying to convince the Jew that we are uh, cut from the same cloth. We got so much in common, or or vice versa, and and then painting scenes that represent uh, historical reflection of, between uh, 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 Palestinians and Jews, or Jews and Palestinians. Sure, um, uh, I'm the type of guy that will paint Jesus Christ as a Palestinian Jew and, um, and, and, and hail that as the reason why we should be not at each other's throat. Right. Um, now, what I do is, as a formal Black Panther Party member, follower of Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, staunch bigot, during the 70s in Harlem, New York, only because of the education system uh, that I received from my New York school that painted uh, the Confederacy in the South as a bunch of heathens that eat their first young. And the media, with uh, the riots, uh, uh, the dogs chasing Martin Luther King and his followers, and all types of... Uh, uh, five and dime sit-ins, 
protests against black being at the table. Right. All these things help educate, uh, uh, I guess, prepare me to be a racist and as an artist painter that only became an artist and painter because I had severe learning disabilities plus dyslexic. Uh, I started painting to try to uh, cope with my inability to be academically uh, successful in a class. So with that said, I did begin to get noticed because of my painting and started winning art shows in Harlem. And that led to a newspaper article in the Amsterdam News proclaiming me the title was Harlem Boy is a Promising Genius. Um, that article helped me hold on to the little parts of sanity that I, I did have um, until puberty kicked in. And I came from very passive family, parents. And I literally had to raise myself. Um, and during this time, everything went haywire for me in my life without understanding what the devil was going on. I joined the Black Panther Party and uh, uh, just uh, at the same time I won my last teen art show at the Hamilton Teen Artists on Riverside Drive wow. in Manhattan. Uh, a man came from Massachusetts who, who was presented by our local congressman. But here, I was 16, 17 years old. They were just ordinary white folks to me. And I got this scholarship, this home correspondence scholarship. But the problem is, I couldn't read or write to uh, really participate uh, in the course. Never finished it. And then got thrown out of uh, being a a Panther Party member, not participant, because they discovered I was selling drugs for Nikki Bond. Yeah. Can you can you clarify with, for the audience like roughly what time frame this is? What time frame this was? Yeah. Uh, the seventies. Yeah, it doesn't uh, have to be the exact date. I just roughly. Yeah, it it was in the, it was in the seventies. Gotcha, gotcha. Go um, and uh, um, and then I became a drug addict, and my my poor first wife uh, signed a petition. We're doing it's called a Rockefeller program. You can take a family member off the streets if uh, he was a, or her was a drug uh, addict without their permission. And they came to my job, my lovely first wife. She did the best she can. She could have just walked away from me, but no, she chose to uh, have these documents signed to possibly save her husband. But unknown to me, they took me from my job straight to uh, Edgecombe uh, Rehabilitation Center in Manhattan. And there I got a hold to a razor blade. I was, it was, the withdrawal was too much for me to handle. And I tried to commit suicide. Mm. Blood was popping everywhere. Um, I did pass out shortly. They sent me, they banished me up and sent me to Bellevue Hospital for the mentally insane. Did you stab yourself? No, I took a razor blade and tried to saw off my wrist. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. um, And uh, 
Um, there, it was a lot easier to exist, if I can use that expression. Okay. Um, I stayed there, I think, a couple months, um, and I was released. And unbelievably, at the same time, uh, before that, um, I had altercations in Stitt Junior High School where I took a thirty-eight caliber gun to school to try to settle me being picked on all the time. And to my, I told the guidance counselors, I told my mother, my stepfather, and no one did anything about it. But anyway. Was this like a predominantly in, white school? No, predominantly black. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they had an article in the New York Post promising promising students ways gunning class. And I think I was the first one in the nation to take a thirty-eight caliber gun at the age of 14 to school. Yeah, can you imagine that today? All the mass shootings we have? Boy, it'd be a different yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad. You know, the whole thing about it, I'm so glad I didn't. I thought about shooting the, the lead bully in, in the leg because nobody on television ever dies getting shot in the leg. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm so glad that God stopped me from doing that. As a teacher climbed on the board uh, with white chalk rubbing over, he was just climbing towards me, trying to get to me to get this gun out of my hand. I'll never forget that. But uh, um, uh, my stepfather went to jail for having... Uh, illegal, I don't know if he was legal, whatever, but he spent probably uh, just a couple of days in there because he did, he wasn't caught carrying it. I found it in the family drawer in oh. the house. Oh, so the weapon was his. Gotcha. Yeah, yes. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't know the detail. I don't know if he admitted that it was his. I, I don't know. The only thing I know, he, he didn't deserve to be, uh, uh, he was a pretty good stepdad. Um, I learned on later on in life, he had two wives, <laughs> ah. one uptown and one downtown. All right. But, uh, but anyway, that's a complicated life. But, uh, um, so, but art has been the savior. Even when I was in prison, I remember one time I was in my cell. I, had a, I was in my cell by myself at night. And a guy next door was actually being raped. He was by other inmates. Right. And uh, uh, he was not screaming, but moaning unbelievably. So I believe the next day I said, you know, as small as I am, my time, they may try to do that to me. So what I did was I got a hold of a blank sheet of paper and a pencil, and I went down to the tier of the – everybody was a, a afraid of this uh, uh, this jailee. He seemed like to be the, the leader, muscle-bound, of everybody on that tier. Right. I walked into his cell and asked him if he wants me to draw his picture. He says, what the hell, I want you to draw my picture. And then he said, can you draw? I said, yes. And he said, if, if you waste my time, I'm going to whip your ass right now. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, he sat down, and I sat down in a chair. 
I drew his portrait, and he was astounded by it. And all of a sudden, he started writing poetry at the bottom of it to send to his wife. Wow. And I, I drew this guy at least about four or five times, and he would write poetry on the bottom of it. But he sent the word out to everybody on the tier, don't mess with his artist. Uh, and uh, then other inmates started asking me to draw their portraits. So I never got raped. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had plenty of cigarettes and candy bars, but never got raped. <laughs> right, right. That's good to hear, my friend. So, uh, and I was released. When I was released. How long, how much time um, did you do? Well, what happened was I was supposed to, I was supposed to go to trial and I was questioned extensively by New York City detectives about uh, uh, me being a, how can I say, uh, I was a bodyguard of a girlfriend okay. that was a distributor. Gotcha. Um, and I would uh, hold a gun while she goes into this building and I bring down bundles of heroin. Sure. Um I never went up in the building. I was sort of like a bodyguard, and sometimes I watched the kids as she's out in the street doing what she does. But I gave them the information of the building, where it was at, and anything else I could, not realizing I was stooling or whatever it was. I was just trying to be as cooperative to get to get off of, you know, uh, 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 just trying to be cooperative so I can get. But anyway, Seem come free, yeah. when I went to court, yeah, when I went to court three, four months, to my surprise, the judge said time served. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, and I realized my information led to something important that they were able to use. So, but that's when I decided to leave New York and go and live with my uh, how can I say my my mother's great great grandparents? Okay, in Jacksonville, Florida, which I learned that on this land that they owned, it was they inherited from their slave masters. Wow, I, it was much bigger than what it was when I got down here. It was smaller, and then I I learned that uh, uh, I'm a descendant of a Confederate soldier. And that blew my mind because I was still, you know, embedded with Black Panther sure. doctrine and and Malcolm X and Roger. So that blew my mind. Now, I, well, so, I, you I, know, I want to ask you: you're you're a hundred? Are you hundred percent black? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure everything's consent, so that it wasn't like a no, soldier. Well, no. Well, let me put it. Let me. Let me. I think I'm a recycled black. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But you're black. That's all I meant. I, I wanted right, to make right. sure it wasn't like your mom slept with a soldier that no, was white no, no. or anything like that. Well, I saw a picture of my great-great-grandmother. She was almost white as a sheep. Okay. Um, but um, but, I, but I, I'm but i definitely recycled. <laughs> gotcha. Go ahead. Uh, Carry on. So, um, but the whole issue was that was a shock to me. And I didn't think the way I think today, of course not. Right, right. Um, but what happened is I got a job as assistant art director in an advertising agency. And, and then I became the art director of this agency, which I was quite shocked that I was selected, even though I had learning, reading, and writing this for 
it was all about my visual interpretation and idea building for uh, advertising their their clients, like restaurants and this and that. Yeah. And and but I went on a vacation, and lo and behold, by accident, I stumbled over Stonewall Jackson's home in Lexington, Virginia, by accident. Wow. And I went in, you know, I was very curious. It's my first encounter with uh, anything Confederacy, especially after my relatives told me I was descendant. So that tweaked me uh, to go inside and take a look around. That's where I learned from the curator that Stonewall Jackson was someone that tried to and did promote reading and writing through his Sunday school to blacks in which it was against Virginia law to teach blacks how to read or write. He broke the law. And then when he was selected to be a general to fight the North, he took a piece of his salary out of each payday to pay people to make sure nobody behind his back closed this black Sunday school. And I was like, why, why didn't I ever hear of anything like that? Then I got everything I possibly could read about Stonewall Jackson. Which, by the way, improved my uh, uh, reading greatly just because I was so desperate to know so much more about him. Sure. And, uh, and my reading got better and better as I delved more into his life. And I started doing, and then I started painting again. My first painting was called The Promotion, it's on my website. And then I started learning more about. Uh, other uh, Confederate officers that had extremely close relationships with blacks, such as Nathan Bedford Forrest, the so-called creator of the Ku Klux Klan. I never knew that there were two Ku Klux Klan, a good one and a bad one, and that Forrest closed his division down a year and a half after he was elected uh, from this little group a fraternity group that called themselves the Ku Klux. But he closed it down because other imitation Ku Klux Klan started popping up and it went political, terrorizing blacks and others to do not vote Republican, uh, vote Democrat. People don't realize all the uh, slave owners during that time were Democrats. Yeah. And, and if you think about it today, the biggest plantation in the world is the Democratic Party. <laughs> they literally came back to make sure they get their African-Americans. And what they needed most is the vote. That Lyndon Baines Johnson war on poverty in, in the 70s destroyed many black families. It took, it took away self, the self-reliance. It, it it was profitable for fathers and uh, uh, men that had responsibility to their kids to not be at home. Yeah, and so I think they, I think if if most people don't know, primarily like in current time, most black people do vote Democrat, and uh, the vote, that, that's why I call it the biggest plantation in the world. <laughs> right, and 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 but one of the things, and again, I, I'm I don't really vote to be honest, so I don't really have a fight in the dog, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight, I should say. But like one of the things that I think was very noticeable when when Trump was in the House, White House, black people benefited very well 
But when Biden got into office, black people did it, or they aren't currently. And it, it's one of those things that's weird because it's, it, it, I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's like, there's, it's known that they, they make it known that the Republican Party is the more racist party. Whether that's true or not, it's, it's kind of odd that people would vote for someone that doesn't benefit them in, in real life. It's like, if, if you're doing well underneath somebody, regardless if they like you or not, vote for them. But, you know, hey, that's just me. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me at all, but you would know better than I. Well, the whole thing about it is all these politicians say something on the stump, and in their bedrooms they believe in something different. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it, 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 it's a mind game. And I'm not here to put America down because Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, Joseph Stalin, Mousy Tong, they all use history and religion to manipulate the population's mind. Sure. All of them. Right. Um, uh, even the first King James Bible, the first Bible that he created, he left out several of the apostles, like Doubting Thomas and other uh, apostles. I mean, they, they cleaned it up, and today they got uh, uh, Thomas in it. But in the first one, it didn't serve the king's purpose because Thomas didn't believe in a church. He believed that every individual can have a communication or direct contact with God without <laughs> an institution. Yeah. And there was a couple of the apostles that had ideology that did not serve kings or queens well, and they left them out. So religion and uh, history is a tool. And if you go to my website, you'll see the new documentary movie, which is called Lincoln's Quest for Empire, and you can see the trailer. But listen, I don't fault man because I had a UFO come to my house and knock on my door, and he told me why they won't have a conversation with us. And I quote him, he says, because they're looking for intelligent life too. Oh. It's a joke, guys. Gotcha. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to say, because then that automatically will take some people right now go, oh, it's credibility. Really, UFO? They knock on his door? Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Gotcha. Uh, but what I'm saying is there's no... Listen. All the drugs that the government let come into this country, all the weapons that uh, uh, that are fueling all the conflicts in Africa and all over the world, come from mankind and the almighty dollar. Right. Um, we have an inherited, it's not, it can be corrected, by the way, uh, inherited uh, uh, dislike and suspicion of our brothers um, and our desperation to believe in something so badly, we want to kill, we'll, we want to kill over it. Yeah. So it, this is something that that cannot be corrected in mankind. Sure. Uh, but uh, uh, but one thing I'm glad at the thing that I did fear as a child and teenager, I ran to it. I ran to it to understand it, and that's why I wind up in the South, uh, uh, believing in the sons of the Confederacy, and the the uh, distorted. Now listen, Abraham Lincoln. You gotta be a severe motherfucker to win a war. 
I love Abraham Lincoln. He was he he was he was severe, and you have to be. Period. You can't yeah. be like President Jefferson Davis, uh, all humble and quoting the Bible as you're telling your, so, your your soldiers to move forward. But you know, I'm just talking. I'm not talking against the South or North. All about mankind. I'm out here just to. Uh, I have a path. I'm going to tell what I learned at the age of 75, paint it, and and, and hopefully bring somebody peace of mind, or it won't. It's all like a radio station. You have to be tuned in yeah. <laughs> to to be able to hear and uh, receive the message. What what's your what's your take on the, you know the controversial the Confederate flag? Because, you know, it's used in many different forms, and some people like it, some people hate it, detest it. Like, what, what is your, like, what the image of the, the flag, what does it mean to you? I think people are dumb and stupid to die over symbols. Number one, the Confederate flag was constructed by a Scottish uh, background. It's the sign of a, a Christian saint. Uh, but... The, the Confederate flag has been hijacked by the KKK, the contemporary KKK. Right. And they parade that around with the American flag side by side. Sure. Um, now, symbols? Hey, listen, uh, I'm more pissed off they took off symbols like uh, Uncle Ben from the Boxes and Angel Mama and Karina. Those are symbols I'm more upset about than the Confederate flag. <laughs> right. Well, uh, and, and, and so uh, I'm assuming like a lot of this politically correctness stuff you really hate because when you look at, I mean, there was a movie on the Tuskegee Airmen and they were talking like really jive and they were acting weird and then they they kind of took away a lot of the history of it. And then you have, you know, uh, Tom Sawyer, which you know, forgive me, but in, in in the in the book he had a friend named Nigger Jim, and now they want to take that out and just call him Jim. Or slave gym, and it's like you're taking away from history and like what happened for good or for bad. We can't forget what happened, but we tend to just now we just we're so soft and sensitive that we just we can't we don't want to see it, we don't want to hear it, we just don't want to deal with well, it. Well, the whole thing about the whole thing about it is look at what the uh, politicizing uh, Walt Disney did with Uncle Remus, Songs of the South. Yeah. I was that's another thing that. Uncle Remus was not a slave. He was a sharecropper. And and the, the whole movie, to me, was delightful. It was uplifting. Um, but the whole thing about it is everybody wants to be so politically correct that uh, uh, it, 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 they don't know what it means. Yeah. We cannot be fudging the truth. We cannot be sweeping dirt underneath the carpet. Because our kids do not need to live with uh, a mis cherry picked fed information. Yeah. And the only way that we're going to listen, there's going to be wars and conflicts. Um, and uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of very upset. I had a, I was at an exhibit one time. I was showing my artwork in my book. Mm-hmm. And, but on the, on ordinary, not, not Civil War conventions. On ordinary street, I wear daishiki, you know, an African hat and robe. Right, right, right. And, but I, I sell the same stuff. So I had this liberal white woman 
on a bike come by and looked over my sign and my artwork and said, you should take your racism back to Africa. <laughs> and I replied to her, ma'am, listen, uh, because you're a white woman, you're probably white. But when I get back to Africa, can you tell me where I can get my Lincoln Town cards fixed? She she didn't like that. Well, I told her, I'm from New York, sweetheart. I got to have plush seats and velvet carpet. (laughs) Right. You're you're a diva. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and then I had my brother, when I first started, put on my Facebook page how much he hates me and dislikes me because I embrace people that uh, brought us to this, this country without our permission. He hates me because I embrace people that beat us when we won't do what they want us to do. And I reply back, are you talking about our mother? And, uh, <laughs> sure. well, and one of the things is like that. And some, I, I forget it was Chris Rock. It was a comedian that was talking about it, about how, you know, do you think white people actually went into the jungles and just started grabbing black people out of Africa? And it's like, no, they were sold by their own people. That doesn't make the oh, white I, people any better, but I'm just saying, well, like, you know, everyone's well, at listen, fault. Let me say this. All you Christians out there that believe in, that was God's work to bring muscle to America that it needed to become the, what it is today. Personally, if I had to saw those little fledgling ships off the coast of Africa, I would have bought a ticket. They wouldn't have had to capture me. <laughs> I would have bought a ticket. <laughs> But but the whole thing about it is, if let's say if slavery didn't happen in America, okay. let's, let's use that. Sure. Do you know that us Africans in Africa would be protesting that you're not letting us in? <laughs> yeah. Do Do you know how economically weaker America would be without the uh, inclusion of slave labor? Just answer ask that question and and not only that it's, it's very few of us that's 100 percent anything 100 percent african 100 percent white we all are a mixture of a whole lot of different races yeah no for sure and i think i think a lot of times when i hear people speak especially like black like really uh strong black leaders, sometimes they go a little too militant where they tend to be like, well, we're the first people. And regardless, that's fine if you want to have that. But it, like, it doesn't really bring us together. Like you're kind of alienating people. And the reality is we are just a melting pot now. We're all Wait mixed with something. Go ahead. Listen, there's rate. I know there's racial pimps out here that must keep this fire going. Yeah. It's, it puts bread in their pockets. Uh, uh, promoting and keeping the fire going underneath racism is like a cult. It's like a, a gathering of victim mentality thinking people. Sure. Yeah. Victim mentality thinking is the most dangerous mental illness. And, talk of, and I've been to three mental hospitals, by the way, audience. So you would know. Uh, that is the most dangerous of all to to, 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 to to fall under. Being a, a, a bigot, a racist, or whatever you want to call it, you know what it is? It cuts your income in half. Yeah. 
that type of thing can cut your income. So, and we're all going to be buried in individual graves, not in tribal graves, <laughs> individual. And we better wake up to that, that take care, you know, getting the board on the white man. To, listen, I would like to tell your audience from me being a racist, a bigot, a member of a hate group, there's nothing in the world that's holding Uncle Gregory down. The only thing that's holding Uncle Gregory down is gravity and lack of hard work. Sure. Well, and, and... Look at Asians. Look at Asians that come over here and other. You know, Africans laugh at American blacks. Laugh at us. I know, yeah. Here we're in a land of opportunity and we're sitting up protesting. They laugh at how we don't take. A lot of West Indians do it too. Yeah. But there, there are some things, like, you know, as I have a disability, there are some things that are harder, but it's it's an adjustment. You, you figure it out. There are some things that are unfair, but life is unfair. And, you know, that doesn't make some things right, that this shouldn't happen to you. And, there you know, some people, cops shouldn't be killing some of these black people the way they are. But they're also not all unjust killings either. But regardless, it's like the more you sit around and victimize yourself and say, oh, my God, poor me and bad whoever. And, and it's not, we're just talking about black and white, but... Women do it. White people do it. Everyone does it. If, the more you do that, the more you sit around and just victimize yourself. You're not going to get anywhere. And as you said, you cut your your income in half. Like you're not making it. You're just you're, you're you may not be going backwards, but you're definitely not moving forward. And so it, it really does. Yeah, it, you just well, you got a one thing I would like to say. The human species is a disease. Yeah, I like it. If yeah. it wasn't for death we would have been destroyed this earth a long time ago. We are uh, ungrateful. I look for every means to get out of doing work and the blame game. Yeah. It's always the blame game that keeps us in front of the television that know that the viewers are a bunch of stupid people that spend their time watching millionaires running up and down the football field or laugh, joke, talk shows, or anything to escape their own present position, their own existence, sitting there, their own reality, not living through uh, that that box uh, or living through somebody else's fame, but getting up every day, we all got a journey. Get back on that journey. Get back on that road for self-expression, self-existence, an example for your kids. And if you want to make an example for your tribe, fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. It all trickles down from the top. So. But yeah. first of all, we got to admit, human beings are a sick bunch of people. Okay? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> We're a sick bunch of people. And, uh, and But I do appreciate your audience, if, you know, listening to my rants at 75. I, listen, I'm an expert. I learn a lot from mistakes. Hopefully you don't have to learn this way. Yeah. But many of y'all will not live to be 75 or 80 or 90. But God has been good. or I don't know if God is a man or a woman. I suspect she's a woman. But um, whatever faith draws you to have a self-realization of what your potential is, Please live up to that. 
the window is short. Absolutely. Can you, um, before we kind of wrap up and everything, can you talk about your, your fight with cancer? Because I think it's very important. Oh, yes. Well, that was really the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, when I discovered. Uh, I had it for years, but I had a quack doctor up in New York. <laughs> and when I moved to South Carolina, that's when it was diagnosed that I had it. Um, now, I had, uh, you know, slow down drinking uh, beers or, or, or wine or whatever it was to uh, to be more entertaining. And I stopped everything, changed my diet. I swim twice a week. I do a half a mile. Well, I've been doing that for 10 years. But I swim a half a mile. But I suspected a long time something was going on with my body. And I kept telling the quack doctor about it and it was so sort of like ignored. Remember, doctors are out there to make money and uh, and to make sure that cash keeps coming in. <laughs> so when you get a severe illness, you better bet your life somebody's on uh, clapping up and down because now we got consistent money. But they are making great uh, strive in, in cancer research and cancer cures, but not the cure. That's the treatment, not to cure people. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, I am feeling great these days. I, the only sad news is my doctor told me a month ago that I'm going to be on chemotherapy indefinitely, mm. in which that doesn't. But considering all the things I did to my body when I was coming up, shooting up dope, smoking crack, I, all kinds of things. That I, I did to to my body. I am lucky that I uh, uh, that I have a second chance, and I better be passionate about it. Yeah. So, uh, for those that are stricken with cancer, it might be an opportunity to realize yourself. But don't go to a doctor thinking that oh, I went to the doctor, I don't have to participate. You got to be part of the solution. You, you're the one that's got to add more value to that treatment. Do your research or change your habits. Uh, make your body more stronger to fight off cancer. Sure. You've you got to be part of the solution. Absolutely. You want to tell people what your new addiction is then? Oh, I'm a, yeah, that's the problem. I just got married two and a half years ago, and I'm praying to God that this, this new addiction that I have, I become a workaholic. <laughs> I chase, I chase my, my 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 dream, my path. Like I used to chase a good bag of dope that was killing my neighbors. <laughs> right. Back in the day, you, you know, if, if drugs killed somebody, you got to buy it from that guy. You got to buy it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I, I'm, I have the most wonderful wife. You know, I don't. God has blessed me with the most wonderful. Woman, let me tell you, she used to be my neighbor for 10 years when I was living up in Newburgh, New York. And when I produced my first book 10 years ago, to promote it, I put a Confederate flag on my building. Okay. Whoa. What a, what a, anyway. How long did it take and, to figure out that you were black? Oh, everybody knew I was black. Oh, okay. I didn't, okay. It, gotcha. Yeah, no, uh, uh, but she was my neighbor. Anyway, I took her to her first Civil War reenactment, 
and I had the whole Confederate uh, people in the group uh, uh, coordinate with me when I proposed to her at the dance. <laughs> and everybody did their part when I proposed to her. Everybody uh, celebrated and yelled and whatever, you know. And she was awestruck. And she said, yes. Then the next year, I uh, I married her in the same spot. Um, uh, she, she said that her family couldn't understand why she would marry somebody crazy like me that put a Confederate flag on his building. And she told him, I thought that was a sign he needed help. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she's a funny girl. And then I went, after I got married, I went and bought a brand new house. I, I turned out four houses in South Carolina and bought a brand new house. And my wife asked me, baby, I love the house on an acre, big spread. But she says, why did you buy a house across the street from a cotton field? And I said, sweetheart, I'll never be out of work. And she just <laughs> fell out. <laughs> she just fell out. Uh, what, what's her ethnicity? Uh, she's an African-American, but more of a, uh, a Latin American right, okay. flavor. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay. And uh, which uh, I find, I find some of those women have much more of a, a different understanding towards uh, uh, loyalty to their husbands, sure. uh, 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 building and working with her. She's a she's a trooper. She she really is. And she's a stage singer. She's been on stage down here a few times. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just beg that, you know, I tell her, I wish I, I wish I had more sense than I have. And, and she's just such a wonderful supporter of what I do. That's awesome. You hit the lottery then. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Her name is Lisa Newsom, by the way. And she's a wonderful, wonderful, you know, when her marrying me does make me believe that there is a God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've been through enough, man. I think you deserve some sort of peace of mind. It's, it's, it's good. Well, uh, the only thing about it is I do, you know, I do, I feel guilty if, I, if I'm not spending enough time, you know, with her, you know, doing things with her. In which she doesn't give me a clue that it bothers her, but you know, uh, I I have to be very suspicious of some things that uh, I I'm about. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, sometimes it's hard for me to accept truly good things because I've been through so much, and then it's like when something good happens, it's like, yeah, but what's the what's the what's the catch? And, well, yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, right. What's the catch? What's the catch? <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> well, that's that's. That then you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. But I, I hope your audience, hopefully your audience, will go to Newson Publishing. Okay. That's N E W S O N Publishing. dot com, and I hope you go there too. And, I will. And breeze through what I have on it, and there's a trailer of the movie documentary that's going to storm this country about the true reason why. Uh, the Civil War uh, was started. This is the one that's going to be on and Netflix it, you were talking about? What they're negotiating. Oh, they're negotiating, okay. Yeah, but it's out on a DVD. But 
you'd be surprised. The Civil War was not about slavery. It was not about economical, unfair taxes. It was deeper than that. Gotcha. Don't go there. Can't wait. I, I love stuff like that. Um, uh, is, is that where they can find you? Or do you, I don't know if you're on social media. I don't know what you're into. I don't never look at everything. They'd be changing the platform and the algorithm. Yeah, this I, awesome. I, I hear you. I, I can't keep with that. I, I, I'd rather be holding a paintbrush than I, trying to figure that out. I hear you. Uh, oh, you but, want to paint your, your book? Because speaking of paint, you want yes. to promote your book? Yes. Uh, oh, they'll see it. Okay. Uh, I hope you... Uh, it's The name of the book is I Get High Watching Paint Dry. If you have young people that's in your family and you want to or you have not been able to discourage them or illustrate to them what could happen to them uh, and their dreams to be anything if they pick up drugs and mind-altering stuff that will definitely leave them behind. Sure. Yeah, man. I appreciate your time. I really do. Uh, we just met and hope we can keep in touch. I would love to see what you what you have in store down the road. And um, I, will, yes. I will definitely keep you in touch. I'll let you know when the episode comes out. It'll be a little while, but um, I will definitely check the trailer out. Hopefully, the, the, I will try to find the movie online and see if I can find it somewhere so I can watch it. Oh, you can. You can just go to my website. Oh, the movie's on there, not just the trailer? Yeah. Well, not the, no, no. you got to pay for the movie. Right, right. No, I'll buy uh, it. I just want to make yeah, sure I can find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just go there and you'll get the, you you have access to the full DVD from my website. Okay, and then I will do that in a little bit here. Um, but yeah, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate what you're doing. I love you know, I love that you're just you're breaking down barriers and you're you're, you're opening people's mind to things that you know. There's a lot of information that people are lacking, especially in today, and you there's no excuse for it because of how the internet is. But um, yeah, you're doing the great things, man. So you keep it up. Well. You too, because the only reason I'm on this show is because your experience through life, you were able to pick yourself off, off the ground and get back on the path to where me and you met. Thank Absolutely. You so Absolutely, man. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye-bye, brother. See you, my friend. All right, guys. That was very delightful. I know some people might... I don't know. So it could be con. I mean, it is controversial subject matter. I know some people will disagree, and so on and so on. You're more than welcome to have any opinion you want. You're more than welcome to disagree with him or me or anybody I've ever had on the show. All I'm just saying is listen and open your mind to it. And if you disagree, cool. Just don't don't you know put out hatred. Let's still try to find a way to get along. We don't have to agree about everything you know that we're doing in life and, and what we you know accept and what we enjoy. You know, just have a difference of opinion. Th- you know, think outside the box. Understand that there's more than just a black and white, <clears throat> pun intended or not. Um, so I, ho- I hope it was information. I hope you enjoyed him because he's a really smart guy. And, you know, especially a guy who's dyslexic on top of it. And, you know, he's just, he has a learning disability. And he, he made all this out of just hard work and, and stick-to-itiveness and just inner strength and, and just pride and, and and so much the guy's just he's just a powerful fella man and i hope you support the movie i hope you support him and um you know because i i know stuff like this and the times we're in people will listen to even a clip of this and go, oh screw those guys dude it's like no man just listen you don't have to agree you just don't but you can still listen 
Um, I listen to things that I don't agree to all the time. I try to figure out, like, there's people that have said things on here that I don't fully agree with, but it's not an argumentative show. So I try not to go into that. But I, I, I like to just sit back and, and just hear what someone has to say and, and where their mindset comes from. Um, but anyway, um, I hope you all enjoy yourself. If you want to follow me as well, my blurred opinion on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm very, very active on TikTok. Um, you know, as he was saying, I don't like it either, social media, but because I have a podcast and because I have things to promote and because I advocate it, it you know, it, it's a confliction, but I have to do it. So um, nonetheless, I hope to see you guys there. I hope to, you know, hope you guys enjoy the enjoyed the episode and come back next week and um yeah i'll see you guys later see everyone take care of yourselves and uh hope you have good health days uh upcoming or to come thanks <laughs>